Oftentimes we first encounter a film through its title, so let's consider these. White Heat, The Defiant Ones, Cool Han Luke, Papillon, The Longest Yard, Midnight Express, The Shawshank Redemption. From their names you might never think they all centred around breaking out of prison. So how about this for being straight to the point? A man escaped. Released in 1956 and set almost entirely inside a French prison during World War II, A Man Escaped tells the story so directly the title all but gives away the ending before you've had to watch a frame. So surely there was something else going on? Well, yes, because while the film is based on the prison experience of French resistance fighter André Devigny, writer-director Robert Bresson himself had seen the inside of a prison cell, having been incarcerated for serving with the resistance, before Francis surrendered to the Nazis in 1940. And perhaps because of that, Bresson wanted Devaney's story to be about more than just a physical escape. He wanted the film to allude to a spiritual liberation. Which is why he originally wanted to call it Aide-toi. Translated from the French, it literally means help yourself. But literalism never tells us everything, because Aide-toi is a truncation of the phrase Aide-toi le ciel te dera, Heaven helps those who help themselves. Which is where the spiritual comes in. But why the change? When Devaney's story was printed in Le Figaro, it came under the headline Un homme échappé, which recounted Devaney's time in and escape from Lyon's notorious Fort Montluc prison. Fort Monluc was operated by Gestapo commander Klaus Barbie, whose actions might have garnered him the Iron Cross from Hitler, but whose barbarity was so vicious, history now remembers him as the Butcher of Lyon. Fort Monluc saw the deaths of close to 1,000 inmates, many of whom were fatally and sadistically tortured by Barbie himself. Amongst his documented methods was to skin his victims alive and then douse them with ammonia. After the war, Barbie was sheltered in Bolivia before finally in 1988 he was extradited back to France, where he was finally tried for crimes against humanity. Here is German investigative journalist Beate Klarsfeld, whose work was instrumental in bringing Barbie to justice. Barbie expelled from Bolivia to France. I think that it's for me, a German non-Jewish, it is as a result of a long fight starting in 71, when in Munich, a German prosecutor closed the Barbie case uh, because there were no evidence enough to prove that Klaus Barbie, when he deported Jewish children from Lyon in '44, in April '44, there was no proof enough to, uh, that Barbie has known at this time uh, the destiny of his children. A Man Escaped is only a truncation of the proper title. In French, it is Un condamné à mort s'est échappé. That translates as One condemned to death had escaped. And, given what Devaney faced inside the walls of Fort Montluc, that is a big difference. In fact, Devaney had been plotting his escape for months, before he was informed he was to be executed within a matter of days. Rapidly accelerating his plans, he managed to slip over the prison walls before he faced the firing squad. However, there is yet more to the title, because Bresson added a subheading which reads Le vent souffle où il vieux. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Yet, on its own, even that is not enough. Because it's a truncation of Book 3, Chapter 8 from the Gospel according to St. John. In full, that declares, 
The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. As I said, there is a directness to Bresson cinema, and that needs the viewer to really pay attention. Not just to what they see and hear, but to the setting, the wider parameters, the background, the context for those images and sounds. In 1964, Susan Sontag wrote an extended essay, Spiritual Style in the Films of Robert Bresson, in which he stressed the importance of context. And here she is in 2001, speaking at the Images and Meaning Conference at MIT. I'm a little worried about the the extent to which we take images as telling us very much. My feeling is more we remember through images, but we understand through words. I think images uh, obviously always appear in a context and the way we uh, think about images is contextually driven. We're in an era of celebrity images in which certain images then are taken as representative. They trigger responses where we say, okay, this is a subject of debate. We really don't understand very much through images. Images are at best only aids and they always are in a particular context. A Man Escaped was only Bresson's fourth film. Yet by then, he had already established himself as one of cinema's most unique directors, a position he would consolidate with another nine films across the following three decades. But while several of those films were profound masterpieces, Bresson always made them with profound simplicity. Paradoxically, a simplicity so profound as to be transcendental. Back in 1972, when Paul Schrader was writing his graduating thesis from UCLA, he used the transcendental framework to examine the collective works of Bresson, Carl Theodore Dreyer and Yasujiro Ozu. Here is Schrader addressing the Fuller Studio in 2018, explaining how to identify transcendental cinema. The essence of motion pictures is action and empathy. Photographs create empathy. We see images of objects or persons and we relate to those images. These are the two great engines of commercial motion pictures. Spirituality in art is about the how and not the what. The form reveals the content. In the place of action, transcendental style offers delayed action, or sometimes inaction. Characters speak slowly, walk slowly. There are pauses. There are lengthy tableaus where nothing seems to happen. Excessively long camera takes. The delayed cut, for example. It has been more than copiously discussed elsewhere, but I do not believe the importance of Bresson's use of sound can ever be overstated. In 1977, he published Notes on Cinematography, a succinct collection of observations and assertions as to his cinematic theory. In fact, many of those observations were so succinct as to be almost epigrammatical. For instance, the eye solicited alone makes the ear impatient. The ear solicited alone makes the eye impatient. In other words, take your time. Take your quiet time. Or how about this? What is for the eye must not duplicate what is for the ear. In other words, if you show one thing, we must hear something else. And as for what we do hear, Bresson declared the soundtrack invented silence. So throughout A Man Escaped, we get a remarkable gallery of sounds, almost all of which, because we spend so much time with Fontaine in his prison cell, come to us from off screen. 
We see one thing, but hear another. Bresson emphasised the soundtrack, not the music, of which there was barely any, just brief passages of Mozart's Mass in C minor, but the track of sounds. Probably because in cinema, pictures came first, there has been a greater emphasis on what is seen. Consequently, we are told film is the visual medium. However, a major fallacy film students are told is to think visually. They would be much better served if they were encouraged to think acoustically as well. We hear far more than we see, and just as importantly, we have the ability to filter out sounds so that we can tune into other ones. Notice that the next time you decide to eavesdrop on a bar. For certain points in a man escaped, the sound dominates the image, which compels us to listen a lot more attentively than we otherwise might. The sound we hear most often is Fontaine's voice, and the majority of that we hear in voiceover. Je calculais qu'il me faudrait 4 ou 5 jours pour venir à bout d'une raclette en coupant ou faisant éclater le bois. Voiceover is a very tricky device and is sometimes used by filmmakers when in post-production they realize things need to be explained. Which is how voiceover got its bad reputation. But when done well, well we get Sunset Boulevard, Badlands and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. What makes Bresson's use of it so exemplary is it is there to focus our attention on the process of Fontaine's escape. And while of course the method of that escape was physical, firstly tearing his bed sheets and blankets into strips to make the rope, secondly stripping his bed of the support wires, and thirdly recalling how his mother had braided his sister's hair, winding the wire around the blankets to strengthen them against his weight. All that is of course physical, but the voiceover is there to constantly remind us of his inner life, that while Fontaine may have looked like an obedient docile prisoner, his inner thoughts were always elsewhere, and his actions could never have come into being had he not been constantly thinking of escape. Crucially, when Fontaine secures a breakthrough, the advancement of his plans are marked by music. Music which plays out over the credits like angels celebrating his liberation. than anybody in a great place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made those walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man at Shawshank felt free. A Man Escaped is a masterpiece, and for many reasons. Not only in terms of its frugal aesthetic, but also its themes of spirituality addressing as it does issues of free will, faith in fellow prisoners, and work as a moral act. Another is Brasson having restricted himself to filming the entire story with the same 50mm lens. In fact, Bresson limited himself to that lens throughout his entire career, 
His reasoning being that the 50mm most closely replicates the human eye. Bresson's reasoning is irrefutable. No other lens comes closer to articulating how our eyes receive the world. Indeed, two other and very different masters, Yasujiro Ozu and Alfred Hitchcock, also restrict themselves to the 50mm. But it is not just the lens you use, it is how you use it. Where you put the camera, how you compose your frame, how you block the scene, what lighting design you choose, and how much you open or close the aperture. Think of how Ozu varied his shots from singles to twos and groups, from low angles to table and head height, and of course his level of light. Yes, he rarely if ever moved the camera, but there was often movement within his frame. Likewise, he frequently used symmetry while simultaneously positioning his characters at various distances from the camera. By contrast, Hitchcock moved the camera with great dexterity, while choreographing the actors within his frame to constantly heighten the suspense. And while I accept that for almost all of A Man Escaped, Bresson had an extremely restricted space, Fontaine's prison cell, the washrooms and corridors, his decision to stick with the 50 expresses claustrophobia. Now, I know he is not a transcendental filmmaker, but think of how Steven Spielberg uses different lenses. In Schindler's List, for instance, he altered them to create feelings of chaos, terror and clemency. Spielberg gravitates around shorter lenses, the 21 being his favourite. But picture the sequence when Schindler leaves his apartment in Krakow and notices something strange falling from the sky. Flakes of ash. Prompted by this, he heads out of the city to meet Amon Guth, who is overseeing the exhumation of the thousands murdered in the ghetto massacre. Their remains are being gathered up into a giant pyre. Spielberg and cinematographer Janusz Kaminski follow Jewish prisoners as they scurry with wheelbarrows laden with corpses soon to be unceremoniously added to the flames. Using a telephoto lens, the camera pans onto Guth and Schindler in conversation, the inferno blazing behind them. Can you believe this? As if I don't have enough to do, they come up with this. I have to find every rag, bury it up here and burn it. The party's over, Oscar. They're closing us down, sending everybody to Auschwitz. What? I don't know. As soon as I can arrange the shipments, maybe 30, 40 days, that would be fun. Likewise, consider Martin Scorsese. In particular, how he lensed Raging Bull. Like Spielberg, Scorsese prefers shorter lenses. But for the domestic sequences in his biopic of Jake LaMotta, he and cinematographer Michael Chapman used a 50. Yet for the fight scenes, they mixed longer and shorter lenses to convey the rage, paranoia and isolation the prizefighter experienced while in the ring. Complementing them were dynamic camera moves and lighting designs which were then matched by Frank E. Warner's expressive sound design. As a final note, in the same year as The Man Escaped was released, Hitchcock made The Wrong Man. Consider as a contrast how Hitchcock treated the Kafka-esque true-life story of Manny Balestrello, unjustly accused of a crime he did not commit. Consider the various ways Hitchcock articulated the constricting space of Balestrero's world so that we too can feel his helplessness. Your name Chris? You calling me? Your name Christopher Emmanuel Balestrero. Yes, it is. 
We want to speak to you. We're police officers. What about? We'd like you to come down to the precinct and help us out a little. I'm just getting home. I'd like to tell my wife if I'm going anyplace. Well, you better come along and tell her later. Either way, the combination of both Bresson's films and Hitchcock's drama can be seen and heard in Steve Zalian's exemplary HBO miniseries, The Night Of, which may end with Nazar Khan being released from Rikers Island, but his experiences there were so severe, he is barely free at all. <laughs>